adults take notice they didn't have the words in front of them they had a memorized whoa that was good that's a blessing all right ephesians chapter four ephesians chapter four We looked this morning at anger and how dangerous anger can be, and it can. Um, as I said this morning, uh, I've, I, I've never seen uh, such widespread anger uh, in our country, in our communities, in our areas, uh, in our state, as uh, I have seen, particularly over the past year, maybe even three or four years. <clears throat> and uh, we need to realize that a spirit of anger is uh, something that we could easily get caught up into. And I think we have. I think uh, as Christians, we have, we have gotten caught up into some of that stuff. And uh, we need to be very, very careful because of all the, all the residual effects that there are of, of anger tonight. And take just a few moments and uh, take a look at what the Bible says about taking care of anger and how to, how to get it resolved in our own hearts and lives. Ephesians is where you ought to be. Ephesians chapter 4, let's stand together. We're going to look at three verses. The first two will be verses 26 and 27, then we'll drop down to 31. Verse 26 says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the Son go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. And then if you drop down to verse 31, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I, I thank you for, for the grace and the mercy that you showed us at Calvary and then the grace and the mercy that you've given to us every single day to serve you since then. I thank you, Lord, for the, uh, the victory that you can give us over sin in our life. And Lord, you can give us that victory over anger. And uh, we pray, Father, that you would speak to our hearts tonight, help us to, to learn something about uh, taking care of anger, not just, not just uh, realizing that we might have a problem, but uh, actively offensively going after it and uh, getting, getting rid of, of uh, sinful anger in our lives. We pray that you would bless this time together. Please speak to our hearts through your word and by your spirit, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. You notice I, I said resolving anger and not, not managing. One of the, the big uh, uh, buzzwords today is, is anger management and people need to manage their anger. No, you don't need to manage it. You don't want to shift it around. You don't want to put it in compartments, uh, and, you know, to bring out at a later date. Uh, what you need to do is you need to get it resolved. And I, I really believe the Lord would have us do that as, as God's people. Um, Ephesians chapter 4 is a chapter, particularly the last part of the chapter, that deals with put, put, put off, put on, put away. And uh, it, it, it tells us there's, there's, we need to put off the old man, we need to, to put on the new man, and then we need to put away some things. 
And in verse 31 in particular, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And then he goes on to say, And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Um, I understand why the world gets angry. One of the reasons why the world gets angry is they don't really have any solutions. But for us as, as saved people, we have the answers. And uh, if, you have, if you have a Bible, you have the answers to the problems of this world. And uh, people need to see a difference in us. And if they see us getting just as angry and just as irritated and just as ticked off as everybody else gets, they look at us and say, look, what's the difference? What's the difference between a, 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 a person who believes in Christ and a person who does not believe in Christ? So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look at, at just some, some steps that we can take in order to resolve anger in our lives. First one I want you to look with me at is in James chapter 1. Go with me there if you would. James chapter 1. We were there very briefly this morning, but we're going to look at a little, little bit larger scope of the passage that we were looking at. James chapter 1, and starting in verse 19, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. And verse 22 is where the crux of the matter is. Verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. First thing that we need to do is admit that anger is a problem, and accept full responsibility for it. Don't pass the buck on to someone else. Uh, anger is linked with disobedience to God. It's, it says, says uh, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And then you get down to verse 22, it says, Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And uh, if you're a hearer and not a doer, you're going to very, very easily develop, a, develop an angry spirit. Uh, can... Uh, as God convicts us about different things in life as we go along, uh, it is so important, we'll talk about this in just a moment, but it's so important to attack those things, to admit those things, to confess those things. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's important for us to, to aggressively take care of those things. If we don't, what we have a tendency to do is go into the guilt-blame mode, where uh, when, when God puts some conviction or guilt upon our, our hearts and souls, we balance that thing out with blame. We make excuses for our sins rather than taking responsibility for our sins. And when it comes to the, the area of anger, we need to admit that it's wrong and that it's wrong without qualification. Now, Again, I know there is a righteous anger. The Bible says that. It says, be ye angry and sin not. And then it says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Wrath is never, ever, ever right for man. 
the, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. That's a Bible principle. But uh, uh, God wants us to admit when, when anger has gotten a hold of us, and rather than making excuses for it, and, and, and uh, admit it without qualification. Uh, though it manifests itself uh, in the mind and in the will and in the emotions, it is a spiritual problem. And it, it's a problem that, as I said this morning, goes down deep. Uh, that, that's why when you, when you see a problem, you should take care of it immediately. When God speaks to your heart, you know, one of the blessings of being saved is that you don't need an altar call to get right with God. Uh, now, I think, you know, God speaks to your heart during a service. You need to, to take advantage of the altar call. I, you know, I'm a firm believer of it. Uh, but uh, uh, really, all day long is an altar call. And if God deals with our hearts about something that's in our lives, we need, to, we need to admit it, we need to take care of it, and keep short accounts with God. Uh, whenever we sin, the uh, Bible teaches us we're to confess it, we're to repent, and we're to forsake that sin. And that's, the first, that's really the first step in, in uh, taking care of anger in our lives. Taking care of those other things oftentimes will prevent the anger from popping up in our lives because anger is based uh, often on unresolved problems and unresolved situations that are in, in our lives between, between us and God and between us and others. Then another thing that we need to do is uh, understand and get a, get a, get a grasp of the uh, damage that anger does. Uh, it, 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 it does tremendous damage. And the way you can, you can get a hold of that concept of the damage is by spending time, first of all, in Scripture and find out what the Bible says. We looked at a whole bunch of verses this morning in the book of Proverbs about, uh, about anger. And the Bible says, uh, make no friendship with an angry man. Well, that tells you that God puts that thing pretty seriously. He's saying, listen, uh, and, and by the way, that isn't just talking about unsafe people. Let's talk about safe people. Uh, I know, you know, honestly, anger is one of those things in independent, fundamental Baptist circles, which is it's one of those things that it has almost become an acceptable sin. It's almost become a... Well, you know, if a guy, at least if a guy's angry, he's got some masculinity to him. Yeah, and he also has a lack of control of his spirit, and that's not a good thing, and that's a very, very dangerous thing. So meditate on Scripture. Think on Scripture that deals with the subject of anger. And then, then ask your family members how they felt at various times when you got angry. Um, you know, I had that happen years ago, and, and, uh, and one, of our, one of our children, I had, I had gotten angry, and, and uh, I, I apologized for the thing later. It took me a whole week, but, uh, but I finally got the, got the thing right. That's why I say, don't let that stuff slide. And uh, it was one of our children, they were six years old at the time, and looked up at me with tears in his eyes, and he said, Oh, I, I, I'm glad you got that taken care of, Dad, because that would really scared me. Ugh, I mean, that just cut me uh, to the heart to realize what, what kind of an effect 
it had uh, on, on, on others, what kind of an effect that, that anger has. And then, you know, another thing we can do as far as understanding the damage anger does is to recall what anger uh, that others have shown toward us has done to us. What, what, uh, kind, of, what kind of response, what kind of uh, inward and outward uh, response have we had uh, because of the anger of others? And then another thing we need to do is to see anger as a, as a red flag that, sing, that signals to the fact that we've, we've got some problems that are, that are deeper than just what we see on the surface. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. This is David being approached by Nathan the prophet. And he's being approached about his sin with Bathsheba and his sin against Uriah, her husband, putting him on the front lines, basically sending him on a suicide mission because, because Bathsheba had gotten pregnant. And uh, Nathan kind of goes into the back door, so to speak, and uh, uh, gives him a story about a man who took another man's lamb and, and used that uh, to, to feed a friend that was traveling. And if, if you look with me, beginning in verse 1 of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 12, it says, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing, save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children, and did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup, and lay in his, in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. And then came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock, and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb, and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And not, no, notice he not only got angry, but, but he also went to extremes. And anger and extremes go together. In verse 6 he says, And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, and I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives under thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast, <clears throat> hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and, and has taken his wife to be thy wife, and has slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. 
And, and as you go down through the, the, the rest of the story, and as, as David realizes that he is the one who is at fault, he, he gets the thing right. And one thing you got to give David is whenever he's confronted with his sin, he doesn't make excuses for his sin like Saul did. He admits his sin and he, and he gets that thing taken care of. But notice that when he was uh, given that story, his immediate reaction was he was angry. Well, that anger was an obvious red flag that there was something going on in David's life and something, something wrong with his, with his uh, 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 spiritual relationship with the Lord and with others. Um, I remember one time I was dealing with, this was many, many years ago, I was dealing with a man and he was a man who, who uh, had been given to anger often and uh, was known for his angry spirit. And as I was talking to him and trying to help him through that thing, he stopped for just a, and, and looked at me and said, uh, you know, Pastor, you have a problem with anger too, don't you? You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to punch him. <laughs> I, I really, I got mad. As soon as he said that, I got angry. And uh, uh, I didn't, you know, I, I put on the facade and so forth. But, but uh, and besides that, he was kind of tougher than I was, so he probably could have made mincemeat out of me. But I, I can remember what I felt like when he said that. And I thought, how dare you say that I'm angry? I am not angry. And I got to thinking, yeah, you probably do have that problem. And, uh, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful now. I wasn't thankful at that moment. But I w I'm thankful now that he brought that thing up because anger is a red flag. And it ought to show you that there's, there's something wrong. Let, let the anger uh, uh, alert you of areas of disobedience in your life and get it right. You know, the Bible says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't go to bed with that thing unresolved. If there's a, if there, you know, if, if God this morning or if God tonight uh, speaks to your heart about something that is, is, uh, uh, wrong in your relationship with your God, if there's a sin that he's speaking to your heart about, if there's a, a, if there's a, a damaged relationship with another, do everything you can before you go to bed tonight to get that thing taken care of. If you need to make an apology, go make an apology. If you uh, need to confess your sin before God, confess your sin, whatever it might be, but don't go to bed with that thing unresolved. And that's what Ephesians is teaching in chapter 4, is it don't, don't just kind of sweep that thing under the rug. Take your Bibles and, and, and turn with me to uh, Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. Here's another situation where somebody just blew a cork and got, got, got mad and got angry. And, uh, you know, we look at that thing, in fact, I challenge you to do this. Uh, there's an interesting study on, uh, on anger in the life of, of Moses. There's several times in the life of Moses when it says that Moses got angry. And it's interesting to see what that anger was over and how it finally resulted in the situation that we're about, that we're about to read about. 
But the thing that's, to me, that's always been interesting about Moses is that it was, it was anger and, and a subsequent sin that we'll take a look at in just a minute uh, that uh, uh, caused him not to go into the promised land. But you know what God said about Moses? He said he was the meekest man in all the earth. In the area where he was the strongest is where he also had some of the biggest problems. And be careful, you know, be careful of your weaknesses, but also be careful of your strengths. Because sometimes we can let our guard down in those areas. But, but look with me in Numbers uh, chapter 20. This is where, where um, God tells Moses the second time that they need water to go to a rock. This time he said, don't smite the rock. And the reason why is it's a picture we find out later. It's a picture of Jesus Christ, and Christ is only smitten once for our sins. And so he tells him to go to the rock. Don't smite the rock. Simply speak to the rock. And look down in verse, in verse 12 with me, if you would. It says in, in, in uh, I'm sorry, verse 10 through verse 12, it says, And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And I, I can... I, I, can, I can hear it, because I've had fits of anger myself, okay? I can hear him say it. Uh, hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And it says, and Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod, he smote the rock twice, not just once, this time, now it's twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. What was, what was Moses and Aaron's problem? And by the way, they, it was only one of them who smote the rock, but they both evidently had this problem. God could see into their hearts and he saw what the problem was. And the problem was not Anger, though anger is what manifested the problem, the, the problem was unbelief. And because there was unbelief in their hearts, uh, it, it, it uh, revealed itself through anger. And uh, again, anger is a, is a red flag that just shows us that there's something else that we're struggling with on the inside. Another step that we need to take to resolve anger is to act quickly in correcting past offenses that God shows to you. You know, I gave you an example of one, I think it was this morning, that, uh, that I, I struggled with and I struggled with and I struggled with. I, I look back at it uh, when I finally called my parents and got some things right over some things that uh, I, I believed was, was left unresolved. Uh, I struggled with that thing for a year and a half. That is so stupid to do that. Stupid to do that. Uh, and uh, when God shows you something, take care of it. Don't sit there and, and play with it. Take care of it. Um, take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, God shows us how important it is to get, get things right whether it be with God or whether it be with others. Matthew chapter 5, and this is the Sermon on the Mount, part of the Beatitudes. And in, in uh, 
or after the Beatitudes, in uh, Matthew 5, 21, says, Ye have heard that it, it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother, Rekha, shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Now, the, the context there, obviously, it's talking about anger and the, the sin of anger. Look down verse 23. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Um, he, he, what, he, what he's saying there is that, that uh, resolution is more important than continuing worship. In fact, don't continue the worship if, if you've got something to take care of. Go take care of it immediately, then come back and finish up what you've started. But, uh, but the, the lack of, of, of resolution of, of sin in our lives, whether it be directly to God or be between us and others, is a hindrance to worship. Don't sit on that stuff. Don't stew on it. Don't sit there and, and just mull it over. Get it right. Con confess wrong actions and confess wrong attitudes and confess it to God uh, because every, every sin that we commit is first and foremost against God. And then if others are involved, go see them and make that thing right. Another step, and this, this one may seem like a, like a strange one, but I think it's, I think it's important. Uh, go to the book of Exodus chapter 20. Exodus 20. Exodus chapter 20 and verses 5 and 6. As God is giving out the, the Ten Commandments, He talks about a principle. And the principle involves iniquity in our lives. And it says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, speaking of idols. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments. Um, if you're familiar with uh, the life of David, and then eventually his son Solomon, who took, took over, who became the king after David. Uh, God made it real clear that one of the reasons why he was so kind to uh, Solomon and why he was so merciful to Solomon was because of David. And basically what, what he was saying was is that the mercies of, that were, that were uh, aimed at David slopped over Onto, onto Solomon. Now that's a blessing. That's a good thing. And that's, that's what that verse teaches in verse 6. That uh, you can get a blessing from the mercies that God showed upon your fathers and forefathers. Because they can, they can drip over onto you. But so can the iniquities. Now that doesn't mean that we ought to be punished for the iniquities of our, of our forefathers. That's not it at all. But, but it, 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 it does tell us that those tendencies can be passed down through generations. And so, uh, I, you know, I don't know about you, but 
I can always recognize sin in others a whole lot quicker than I can recognize sin in myself. If I see it in my family, then I know that it's a tendency. And I know it's something that I could easily be guilty of. Now, we're not talking about blaming your parents for your problems. That's not what we're talking about. Well, I'm, I'm just simply saying that if, if they had a problem with some things, then there's a very good possibility that you could have a problem with those same things. Recognize that. Be on guard for it. And, and determine to do this. I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked with people who have gotten saved out of family situations where there's all kinds of baggage in the background of their families. And the exciting thing to see when someone gets saved out of a particularly a situation like that is that they are the generation that can break the chain that has been produced year upon year and generation upon generation in that family. And uh, so you don't look at it as, well, uh, I'm the way I am because my parents were the way they were. No, 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 no. God's given you the power and given you the, the strength and the grace and the mercy to overcome that stuff, but you've got to see it. You've got, you've got to be able to recognize it and just determine in your heart if that's the case. To, to be the chain breaker in your family. Another step that we need to make, go with me over to Ephesians 4. We read this just a moment ago. But we're going to take a look at it again. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. Verses 31 and 32. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, let, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. How do you do that? I mean, what's, what, what's, some of the, what, what's something you can do to, uh, to, to help in putting that stuff off, and putting that stuff away? Verse 32, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Uh, forgive your offenders. Uh, bitterness and anger and wrath uh, are, are all kind of hooked together. Uh, if if uh, you, you sit on a thing and don't, don't forgive those people in your hearts, then bitterness sets in, and one of the, one of the things that, that springs forth from bitterness is an angry spirit. And uh, God says, listen, uh, I've been good to you. I've forgiven you. I've been very merciful to you. Pass that on. If you have received mercy, you ought to be able to turn around and to, and to be merciful to others. In Matthew 18, verses 32 through 35, we won't read it right now, but, but a fellow that was, was forgiven a large debt, and uh, he didn't even ask for it. Uh, he, he said, listen, I'm, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to, to pay the debt, and it was a debt that he, that he could not pay, and his, his, uh, his Lord, his master, forgave him the debt. Well, then when he turned around, there was a man that came to him that owed him money and asked the same, you know, asked the same thing, says, listen, just give me some time and I'll pay it. 
And he says, look, you pay it now. And he shook him and said, you pay it now, I'm going to throw you in jail. Well, he, he, didn't, he didn't show mercy to that man, even though he was shown mercy. And, and, and sometimes we forget how good God has been to us. I think one of the, one of the uh, huge uh, ways to prevent uh, bitterness and to prevent anger and to, to uh, have a merciful spirit toward others is to, to every day just, just take a moment and think about how merciful God's been to you. Um, you know, over in the book of Psalms, it talks about, the psalmist talked about that God has not dealt with us according to our iniquities. You think about what you deserve tonight. You know, we often pray, and I think it was prayed tonight, oh, Lord, thank you for giving us so much more than what we deserve. The truth of the matter is, we don't deserve a thing. Uh, well, actually, we do deserve some things. We deserve eternity in hell because of what we have done, because of our sins. And yet, if you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, you've come to him for forgiveness. He, he has given you that freely. Well, the Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. Uh, just as we've received mercy like that, we ought to be quick to, uh, to give it out to others. So forgive your offenders. And then, then uh, the next step that we need to take is to see anger. Uh, see anger causing of events from God's perspective. Understand that, that uh, the things that might cause anger in our lives are things that God's using in our lives in order to, to, uh, to help us and to help us to grow and strengthen in grace. You look at the life of Joseph, and Joseph went through many injustices. He was, he was captured by his brothers. He was thrown into a pit. He was sold into slavery. He was falsely accused. He was thrown into prison. And it just seems like one thing after another after another. Then God lifted him out of that prison, put him second to Pharaoh, and lo and behold, his brothers come along. You know, the thing that's amazing to me is that, yes, he tested his brothers and he checked to see whether or not they had any remorse for what they had done in their past. But there was no bitterness there. You know, there was no, there was no vengeance. Uh, there, there, was, there was a heart of, of kindness and a heart of forgiveness toward his brothers. And I, and I really believe the reason why that is, is because when, when uh, his, his brothers were afraid after dad died that, that Joseph would take vengeance upon him, he just simply said, you know, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. In other words, he saw what God did through those things in his life personally. And so he wasn't mad at him. He wasn't, he wasn't angry. You've got to be able to see the hand of God in those things. You're going to get bitter over them. You're going to get angry over those things. Um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a, a good question to ask when those unexplainable and difficult things come into our lives. And, and the, the, the question is just simply this. Why did God let it happen? And we're not going to go into all the ways that you can, you can answer that question, but there's a myriad of them. 
one of the things that all those situations did for Joseph was to, to uh, teach him character and uh, teach him, you know, anybody, anybody can, can, uh, can uh, handle, should be able to, let's put it this way, should be able to handle when we're caught red-handed doing something that we shouldn't do. Uh, but what about when you're caught red-handed doing something that you didn't do? <laughs> uh, you know, he did not commit adultery with Potiphar's wife. He did not attack Potiphar's wife. She attacked him and then reversed the accusation toward him because otherwise it would have made her look bad. And he ended up going to prison for that thing. He was, he was totally innocent. Well, what did that do? Well, when he, when he saw God take him out of that prison uh, because of a false accusation and put him up in that position of second to Pharaoh, don't you know that strengthened his faith? Don't you know he became unshakable, I believe, uh, when it came to his allegiance to his God. And, and it, it developed some strong, some strong character in him. And uh, seeing, seeing uh, things from God's perspective will help, you, will help you be able to resolve that anger that would otherwise bubble up. And then the last thing. And, and really, I say the last thing, that this is so important, and it's just to simply give your personal rights to God. Take your Bibles and turn with me. You're in Ephesians. You should go to uh, book of Philippians, next book. In Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Um, what, you, what you and I get mad about is usually what we think we have a right to. If we get irritated, it's because, well, I, I have a right to not be treated that way. Uh, I have a right to get this, or I deserve that. Uh, I don't ask for much. Uh, I just expect. Well, you know, when you start making expectations, uh, and your expectations aren't coming from God, they're coming from, from the behavior of others, you're, you're getting into that area where it would be very easy to get angry. And that's why it's so important for us to relinquish and give up our personal rights to God. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. You know what I find that whenever I do that, and I make it all about God and all about others and not about me, then I put a squelch on the anger factor in my life. Verse five says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made the likeness of men, and being found fashion in, in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. It says that we should have the same mind that Christ had. He esteemed others better. He made himself of no reputation. We need to realize that it's not our reputation that's important, but it's God's reputation that's important. 
he, he became a servant. We need to have a servant's heart. And when, when you have a servant's heart, the only, one, the only one between a master and a servant that has rights is the master. The master has rights, the servant has no rights. And then humble ourselves, and then just simply be obedient. These are, these are, are things that, that we can do, and, and ending with a surrendered heart. A surrendered heart is a heart that's not soon angry. When, when, my, heart is, when I, my heart is surrendered to God, and my heart is surrendered to others, I'll tell you what, uh, there's, there's not much chance of anger bubbling up. Uh, but when, when I start thinking that I have rights and I start thinking that, that I deserve some things, that's when the, the whole anger uh, factor starts to rise. When it comes to this thing of anger, there's things that we can do. We have to aggressively attack it. Um, you know, tonight is the Super Bowl, and there are two teams that are uh, going for, going for that, that gold ring. And, uh, you know, uh, both teams are going to aggressively try and get across the goal line. Uh, and they're going to do whatever they can to be able to get it. Well, that's the kind of attitude, not with an angry spirit, obviously, because that would defeat the whole purpose. But, uh, but we, we ought to, with, a, with an aggressive spirit, attack anger in our lives. Why? Because it's dangerous. And it can cause much hurt to the cause of Christ. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight about this subject of anger and this morning we looked at the dangers of it tonight we looked at just how we can aggressively attack it lord sometimes our problem is we don't do anything we just kind of sit on our hands and that thing just continues to bubble and continues to grow uh, there have been all kinds of things over recent months and even even recent years that any one of us could point to and say uh, i'm angry or i've been upset or i've been irritated because of and then point to that thing the truth of the matter is it's sin and it's sin in our lives and we need to admit it that's the first step and then we need to aggressively attack it father help us tonight to determine in our hearts and lives to go and fight against that sin of anger. The world needs to see people who have God in control. And uh, Lord, uh, we are never filled with the Spirit of God when we have an angry spirit. And that, 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 that quenches the Spirit of God and His power in our lives. And uh, God, we, we, need to, we need to have victorious lives and lives where people can see Jesus Christ in us. Speak to our hearts during the invitation, and Lord, as you do so, help us to, to make some resolutions tonight when it comes to this area of anger in our lives. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.